0: Welcome to Dental Appointment, a podcast by two dental students aiming to give you an insight into the world of dentistry. We will be discussing all things dental related, from dental applications to life as a dental student.
1: We will also provide you with an insight into our own experiences, as well as talking to other members of the profession about a range of different topics to get their views and learn about the different opportunities after dental school.
0: My name is Ryan. And I'm Becky. And this is Dental Appointment.
1: Welcome back. Today we're going to be discussing clinical dental technicians. In a previous episode we have discussed what dental technicians are so hopefully after this episode myself and Ryan and you guys will know the difference between the two and what the clinical dental technician scope of practice is and also what their amazing role is within the dental team. To give us a real insight into this, we are joined by Mickey Brindle, a clinical dental technician working in Lancashire with years of experience in practice and domiciliary visits too. He has also had involvement with the British Association of Clinical Dental Technicians, all of which I'm sure we will be discussing throughout this episode. So hi, Mickey. Thank you for joining us today.
2: Thanks for having me on. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Hi, Mickey. Thanks again. How are you
2: doing? Yeah, really good. Thanks, uh, Ryan. Really good. Uh, Looking forward to telling you all about CDT Land.
0: (laughs) Great to hear. We're looking forward to it as well. And could you tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of what made you decide to become a clinical dental technician?
2: Certainly, yeah. Um, I uh, started as a dental technician uh, apprentice uh, back in 1973. Um, And... uh, Went on a day release course. It was a five year apprenticeship in those days. Went on a day release course to become qualified as a dental technician and something I really enjoyed uh, actually making things. I found it was much better with my hands and I found it fascinating and it really grabbed hold of me. And uh, yeah, worked, worked as a dental technician for very many years. Uh, the problem is, you don't see patients, and you don't see the fruits of your labour. You'll see a ticket with, "Please make this in whatever shade or whatever," but you never see the patient's face. And uh, sometimes that's a good thing, and um, but others, you don't really, uh, you don't really see the fruits of your labour. And so, um, there was a, a course advertised in one of the press. Um, for becoming a clinical dental technician. And the training was actually uh, provided by the George Brown College of Toronto. Uh, they'd had what they call Venturists for very many years. And various associations have been lobbying the government and the GDC to accept Venturists in this country. And uh, they agreed that after a certain amount of training, uh, they would allow what we call clinical dental technicians, CDTs, So I enrolled on this course over in Toronto. Um, It it was part of what they called their outreach program, where they would send their lecturers over. We would have a a Friday, Saturday and Sunday at a hotel, go through various subjects uh, pertaining to the clinical dental technology course. And um, at the end of all those, I think there were must have been about a dozen uh, weekends we would go over to Toronto and do our clinical examinations which again was different for a CDT who's worked as a technician that became that, that came a bit of a culture shock really because all of a sudden is a patient and uh, you're used to dealing with plaster models and uh, there's a patient sat in your chair and uh, there's tongues and cheeks where there was nothing before and uh, all of a sudden it uh, it dawned on you, all those impressions that you were complaining about as a technician, all of a sudden became, ah, I can see what the difficulty here was. But um, yeah, so that really sort of inspired me to become a CDT, so I can see the, the, the job the whole way through as a technician. And if you feel that you're a people person, uh, you're sat in a laboratory, somewhat remote from where it's all happening you sometimes felt a little bit remote from the rest of the team whereas as a cdt you're in there you're a big part of it
0: yeah it does seem like a kind of bridge between the two areas you know this newer role that's came about with the clinical dental technician and it's interesting to hear that you were trained from people from Toronto, that that wasn't the case here, that there was a course or anything that you could go on here. And is it right to say now that the training is is slightly different than when you trained?
2: Yes, it is. In fact, I was um, fortunate enough to uh, have a trip around the new dental uh, school at Upland preston just before it opened. And I was talking to the then deans and I was explaining that I just due to go to Toronto to fit some to, to do some exams and the dean expressed an interest about running a course in the uk and so cdTs could train in this country they didn't immediately take that up but now that is actually the only place in the country to train as a cdT so there's only one course and they They qualify about 15 CDTs per year, not a massive amount, and there's only 370 CDTs actually on the register at this point in time. They have adapted the course over the years. Initially, you needed to be a registered dental technician in order to train as a CDT, but now they feel that they've uh, enhanced the training somewhat. And you can have an A-level student, possibly with an A-level in biology. They will be allowed to um, enrol on their full-time course and qualify with a diploma in clinical dental technology. I think it's a two and a half year course. They also run a a part-time course. At this point in time, uh, UCLan are the only uh, provider of CDT training in the UK, probably qualifying 15 a year and that's the sort of thing my association would like to roll out across other dental schools because we are an important part of the dental team very well respected by people who work with us um and yeah it it does work really well Uh, and and it's it's a win-win for both people we we i've learned a great deal from GDPs over the years. Uh, how to treat patients, and uh, yeah, and, and this this is the problem with our training technicians and uh, nurses and dentists. We train in silos, away from each other, so we don't really know. If we were learning together, I think it would, you know, it would help the the learning experience for all of us. Really, we we can learn from each other's difficulties. So
0: could you just kind of give us more information about what exactly the role of a CDT is?
2: Within my own practice, what would normally happen, a patient will uh, ring up and make an inquiry as to, I need some dentures. The question would be, are they complete dentures or are they partial dentures? Basically trying to assess the patient's needs. If it's a completely dentureless case, a patient will be booked in with me. We'd do an initial examination, medical histories, have a look at their old dentures, um, and find out what the problem the patient's having. Um, And we'd we'd formulate a plan, get a diagnosis, and uh, decide what are we going to do? Are we going to do anything? Or do we need to realign the dentures? Or do we need to remake them? And then we need to discuss the various options, with the patient so they're fully informed as to what their options are and once they've chosen those options uh, we would formulate a treatment plan agree that with the patient make sure they understand exactly what's involved and we would then proceed to start taking impressions we'd take the primary impressions uh, patient would away come back and we would. Uh, take some special tray or master impressions. We um, would register how they bite together, make the dentures, and we would then try them in. If the patient were happy, we went through them, we would finish them and fit them, and hopefully uh, get them back within a week or two to review them. That would be the case with a full denture. If it was a partial denture or partially dentate patient, they would see the dentist. Uh, some, almost always there is some more treatment that's needed. Uh, and, and the dentists would basically get the dentally fit. And we would design a denture between us. Uh, and again, patient would come to me. I would uh, do the clinical stages. Uh, we have a facility uh, at my clinic with a lab on on site. So that's usually uh, performed quite quickly. Uh, so I would do the clinical stages, take the impressions, design a denture. If it was a metal denture, we do send those out to a, a specialist chrome lab. Uh, once the denture is finished, my dentist would come in have a look at it check it out and uh, we would review that patient again in a couple of weeks time and there are some CDTs who work with implantologists their work is slightly different they'd be on hand to do possibly a a conversion where they would uh, be involved in making a a denture chairside, side, effectively, uh, and that would form as a, a temporary denture whilst the final implant uh, beam or bar was constructed. So again, that slightly different role to the sort of traditional prosthetic CDT. Mm-hmm. But again, I think most of the implantologists are finding CDTs to be quite useful in that role.
0: Yeah. So is it kind of safe to say that the fundamental role of the CDT is basically combining the kind of clinical stages of making the appliances that the dentist would normally perform and the dental technician side of actually making the appliance and merging them together into this one role where in some instances you're able to see that patient if they have no teeth at all? But then in, in other cases, if if they do have teeth remaining, they would go to a kind of dentist first to get that checked and then proceed to see you.
2: Yeah, that's right, ideally. And that's probably using all your skills to the greatest advantage. Mm-hmm. You, the patient's getting the, the best of all deals, really, because you're not only seeing them clinically, you're manufacturing the denture and you, you're you using your own uh, skills and adding something, in my opinion, to the product at the end of the day, we're not adding anything if we were to take the impressions and send it off to a laboratory somewhere to be done remotely. Uh, we, we're not adding anything, you know, any value to that. Mm-hmm. But as, as I say, if you have your CDT working clinically and then constructing the denture, I think that's when we're working to our strength.
1: So within the practice that you're working in just now, that's um, that you mentioned it was an NHS practice. So with you being a clinical dental technician and able to provide complete dentures direct to patients, can you do that in an a- NHS setting, or would that need to be private?
2: At that NHS uh, establishment where I work, all the all the patients are actually screened by a dentist first. And they're all given. Um, whilst it's allowed uh, under the uh, GDC regulations for us to see um, de- uh, a dentalist patient at uh, that practice, uh, it's policy that patient sees a dentist, and it is very good because we get chance to discuss it with us, and you know you'll find they might have a, a particular awkward. Uh, bite or occlusion or, you know, or whatever, and it's it's something that you you can formulate between you, and again that's where the the, the, the team element works very well.
1: Great, and so that's one example with regards of working in a practice with you know the whole team, um but you've mentioned that you can also work independently, is that right?
2: Yes, there's quite a lot of CDT practices up and down the country that um, there's just a CDT working there and he will probably have uh, a few practices locally to him or her that they would refer um, their patients for a treatment plan uh, to a dentist Uh, and so they find that works quite well for them. Again, it does work quite well. For me, we tried that initially and it worked okay, but it, it works a lot better if you've got a, a dentist actually on site, uh, able to see straight away. Um, patients have got hives too. They don't want to be to and fro in from one establishment to the other. If we can keep it all in house, I think it works better.
1: Yeah, it sounds like you've got standardised care um, that flows quite nicely for the patient.
2: Yeah, we think the patients uh, enjoy a good patient journey in our practice. Mm.
0: It's interesting to hear the the kind of different areas that you can work. And it is, by the sounds of it, very much a partnership between the dentist, clinical dental technician and other members of the dental team as well. Um, and that you can go kind of into an actual practice or go on the kind of NHS side of things and work alongside dentists in, in the NHS as well, because um, that obviously will open it up a lot more for the CDTs.
2: Yeah. In fact, the our association, BACDT, are in talks with various groups at the moment. There is one called the Advancing Dental Care Group, that are looking at ways of providing more focused dental treatment for, with the resources that we currently have. Everybody's conscious of the fact that nobody's going to be throwing a great deal of money at, at this problem. So how can dental care professionals such as CDTs help matters? So we're looking to particularly put, CDTs into care home and domiciliary settings. Working would obviously have to work with dentists uh, as, as a part of that team. And uh, although it's not for everybody, care home dentistry it's 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 really I don't know if you if you've done much yourselves, but it's really very rewarding. And uh, patients often sometimes and end of life patients still still need that dignity and um, um, we're trained to do that so we should be able to use it so okay. i think that'd be an ideal setting for cdts for the future there's currently no um training for cdts to become special care uh, trained um and i feel that may be something for the future as well uh, there, there's there's ongoing talks on scope of practice Uh, uplift, and opportunities for the future. Uh, At this point in time, we can do pedentulous cases. And and that's it, as far as our scope of practice is concerned, everything else is on prescription from a dentist, which I'm comfortable with. Um, A dentist can look at an x-ray and uh, interpret it and say yes, you can put a clasp around that. No, avoid this or avoid that as a cdt we don't have that uh training so i'm happy for a dentist to take the responsibility to say leave that alone and don't put a clasp around this or whatever i suppose it's um it's the most sensible thing at least working to the strengths really
1: yeah absolutely and i think you know like you were saying earlier it is nice to have that team environment to get away from sort of being away in your own room sort of thing making the dentures um taking them taking the impressions making the dentures and then giving them to the patient but you're working all with a team
2: it's a far better journey for the patient far better uh, environment for the cdt i'd heard a statistic that said uh, you probably only come across one case of oral cancer in your in your career and uh, i've been practicing as a cdt for sort of 11 Years so now twelve, and uh, it, it's 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 really comforting to be able to say to a dentist, "Look, I'm not I'm not really sure about this. Would you have another look at it, another pair of eyes, unless refer it on?" And we've picked up probably four or five uh, oral cancers as a BCP since I've been practicing, and uh, it it's nice to be part of that team. You know, because this is that this is the serious end of the business really when you're when you're looking at this. Uh, nobody wants to waste anybody's time in oral surgery. So it's nice to have that team around you to be able to say, What are your thoughts on this?
1: Definitely. And I think um, also like the, the relationship with the CDT and the dentist and the rest of the team, it's very similar to what um, you know, a dental hygienist or a dental therapist has with their with their prescribing dentist as well.
2: Yeah, it, it, that's not something that, uh, as a technician, I've been used to. Um, most most laboratories uh, are commercial labs that are re- somewhat remote from the practice, uh, prescribing practice. So, um, you know, you you tend not to see what goes on in the surgery. You, you know, it, it, uh, it. And now, obviously. We're very involved within uh, practices, and you can see what those are. And uh, it, yeah, it, it was it was the natural development, really, for, for a technician to become a CDT. You do feel a lot more part of that team when you're working within a surgery and not remote in a, in a lab somewhere.
1: Definitely. And how do you find like seeing the patient taking the impressions and then making the appliance as well? Do you quite enjoy that?
2: For me, that's the best part of it. Uh, it. Oh, absolutely! Treating the patient that was difficult at first. It was a, it was there were a whole new, new, new set of skills. Uh, and for me, uh, I've come to CDT World quite sort of late on in my career. Uh, and I think the patient probably looked at me, and we thought, well, this guy must know what he's talking about. He looks older than me, but at some new had some new skills to learn, some new patient skills, some new communication skills. And it's now got to the stage where, within this this NHS facility that I work in in Lancashire, there's a lot of people who uh, have been neglected dentition, often no fault of their own. They've been scared to death as kids. Most people talk about, the, the you know, the, the general anaesthetic, and you know, the mask coming over and they are terrified. And their first and their first uh, encounter once they've had a, an examination with the dentist is with a CDT. And he's not going to hurt you. There's no drills. There's no needles. And it's a gentle passage back into dentistry for them. And you'll often find them saying, well, do you know, if I if I'd only known it was this easy, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have lost my teeth. And it's. And when you get somebody like that who was terrified of the dentists, they come in, they go out with some hopefully good fitting dentures that look amazing. And the, the transformation for that patient, you, you know, no amount of money I could ever um, compensate. You know, you look at it and you think, wow, I've changed somebody's life. And you have, and uh, I've seen it on
0: a few occasions. I suppose that is that bridge that we're talking about between the dental technician working kind of alone in the lab, well, part of a team in the lab, but separate to the actual dental team, and you making these appliances and never really getting to see that end result. Mm -hmm. So it must be really rewarding for you being on, having experience as a technician and then coming in to do the CDT and being able to see the kind of fruits of your labor as you say um, and, and seeing these results
2: yeah with the best will in the world um, you know your your dentist will be probably fit in a denture and busy it, but if it goes well fantastic you know you might get a phone call but it's not it's not the same as seeing the patient before and after. Mm-hmm and uh and and the conversations that you have um it's uh i think one of the things if you if you have time and you tend to have a little bit more time as a cdt you're not under the same time constraints um they will look. the patients love to engage in conversation you know you could be the price of vegetables but it, it it it's part of that building a relationship and finding out what what that patient needs, where they've gone wrong in the past, uh, and and it is it, it, it's a time thing really, and, and there's no short there's no shortcuts for that. And I think uh, some of the elderly patients do need a little bit more time and patience and understanding. And and once you've seen it before, they, it, a lot of it's the same story. Um, but uh, I think one of the most um, challenging things can be actually sitting back and listening to a patient and, or explain what the problems are because if you are under time constraints you tend to be jumping in and solving the problem that you don't even know
1: yeah the managing that expectation from the patient is the main thing isn't
2: it yeah well that's another thing yeah they come with expectations well I've got rid of all my teeth now i'll be able to eat anything and uh, it's not always the case yeah you'd like to think so but Not not always. Um,
1: So um, I wanted to ask actually, can you still use your remit of a dental technician whilst you're working as a clinical dental technician?
2: Very much so. Um, And sometimes it can be a time saving thing for both you and the patient. For example, something needs altering If you If you are a technician and been used to working with wax and, and wax knives and so on, you can make those chairside alterations and save everybody uh, you know, a lot of trouble. And uh, again, that, that that in itself can be quite rewarding. You can. Uh, it's very difficult for somebody to uh, write on a piece of paper. This is the problem with this patient. If you can see it and you actually make the denture uh, for that patient, you can visualize and you, you've seen it, you've, you've, you've heard what the problem is. Um, so that, that in itself, that is a big bonus, and I think that is probably the CDT's biggest advantage when you're making it. Uh, you know, people say, oh, CDT's probably make best I don't. I don't think that's the case. I think the advantage that we've got over the GDP, for example, is we're making it, we've seen it, we're not just simply communicating those instructions to the technician on a on a paper. It makes it so much easier.
0: Yeah, I can imagine having that kind of insight into the the manufacturing of the appliance and being able to relate that to the patient in front of you must be a benefit to the CDTs, being able to go, Well, this is a problem and I kinda of, now I can see it I know exactly why this is happening and being able to do something about it there and then. Like you say, saves a lot of time, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, it does. There's quite a bit of to-ing and fro And I think the other thing is, once a, a, a denture's been tried and retried and probably retried, um, the patient's confidence has, has waned a little bit. And if we could get to the situation where, okay, maybe we would need a retry, but along these sort of lines, Oh, maybe we need to go back to the drawing board or whatever. You've got that patient's confidence uh, of them knowing that actually uh, we, we, we've solved this. These are going to be right. I think most most of the patients want the choose to be right, but I think it adds to their confidence that somebody's been able to put it right.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So you've sort of mentioned... Like the scope of practice of the clinical dental technician and the possible advances in the roles is there anything available currently to sort of expand your scope of practice
2: folks at the moment with the gdc uh, on scope of practice and uh, where it's going um you, you find uh, cdts kind of slot into a uh, um an area of of dental uh, technology where uh, their practice is busy. Some some people are doing uh, assisting implantologists with, well, uh, on fours, for example, and um, and so some of the some of CDTs are um, trained in changing abutments for implants, etc. Um, there's um, there's some, I think there's some obvious changes to our scope of practice that would make it more sensible for patients, such as being able to uh, have a patient come to you uh, and add a tooth to a denture that they've lost a tooth to, without the need for them to go for an examination and a referral process. Uh, there are suggestions that it might be uh, sensible to be able to make a full denture to a dentate lower for example at the moment that is not part of our scope of practice that would need to be on prescription of a dentist but i think a lot of the i think a lot of the uh the rules and regulations are there obviously to protect the patient and 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 that's that's the right thing to do but um i think there are some some changes that are probably sensible
1: so you're mentioning earlier about the rewards that you get from your role as a cdt seeing the patient walk away with you know the final denture is there anything else that you find enjoyable about your role as a cdt
2: sure thanks that's a good point um i i but spend a lot of time trying to find a way that CDGs could be involved with care home dentistry. Most of the calls from care homes tend to be misplaced dentures, they've lost them. Desperate families will contact the domiciliary service and, and unfortunately with the pandemic that's had a, a huge effect on, on um, waiting list times. Mm-hmm. for. And so when families have a loved one in a care home with no dentures, um, they'll contact us, and you help out. And sure, you see the patient um, obviously feeling better about themselves with some dentures in. I remember the last patient, who was a lovely lady, and uh, she wouldn't go down to join her friends for for dinner downstairs because she'd no teeth in, so she was confined to her room we fitted her dentures and uh, changed changed her way of life completely she mm. was I mean, able to communicate with her pals and joining in socially and a um, once withdrawn woman was a different different lady and the, the family were so pleased that you're just doing your job and managed to um, change things dramatically for them mm. so i find that i find that really uh, enjoyable part of the job um, it, 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 uh, it might not be the most financially rewarding but certainly spiritually and, and, and in every other sense it, it's it's the way to go for me. I, I pretty much enjoy that it's very rewarding.
0: Yeah I can imagine it is really rewarding and in terms of domiciliary visits as you say would that kind of mean that you as a CDT would go with a dentist to to the care home and, and and do the appointment there then
2: yeah i think again a team approach to domiciliary care would work better than anything so if you had a team of say a dentist uh hygienist uh a CDT uh, uh, a nurse who's capable of giving oral health advice do the uh carers, how to look after dentists, how to look after patients' teeth, and so on. I think that would have a massive impact on the the lives of the care home residents, and I think it would be quite efficient. Dentists would go around the cases and refer accordingly. We 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 find that works well in practice. There's no reason why it shouldn't work even better in the domiciliary setting. Um and it's everybody working to their strengths uh, because the errors really need some support on how to look after the dentures. Uh, we find many of the dentures in care homes aren't identified in any way. So once they've been parted from their owner, there's a small chance of them making their way back to them. Now, again, we did a little bit of work on, certainly there should be a minimum of the patient's name it within, the, the denture surface and I, I, I think that should be one of the aims of the, the team to be going into care homes looking at the dentures getting them cleaned up identified fitting well mm-hmm. uh just as a, as a as a you know matter of course really it should be a minimum requirement
1: yeah it's really interesting that you touched on like the education of the carers as well because i think there is a massive movement um I think here in Scotland there's been some guidance released for care homes as well. Um, So it does just sort of identify how important that really is, not only for the oral health, but also um, the systemic health of the patients as well.
2: Yeah, certainly I think the staff would benefit. I don't know whether it's mandatory at the moment. It wasn't at one stage where a resident would be given an oral health check, and it certainly should uh, should be mandatory. Uh, but then again, of course, if that care home doesn't have those resources, it's it is difficult. So I think nowadays is for uh, the, the care trusts to go out to the care homes and put a team in uh, and, and give them that backup. It's, it's, it's vitally important for, for, for residents.' We've, we've seen instances of oh we didn't know that patient had ventures. Uh, and 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 that's understandable if the staff haven't been trained to to, to look after them properly so i think it should be uh, just just as we treat our own patients uh, in clinic we should be providing care home residents with exactly the same kind of support um, initial oral health check and if anything needs doing um, get it done more or less straight away certainly any treatment that needs doing, any dentures that need identifying, etc. That should be a minimum requirement for every care home for them to have that kind of backup.
0: Yeah, and I think that as a profession, we don't want people left behind. And I think it it would be easy for people in care homes to almost be forgotten about in certain circumstances. So teams going into the care homes and providing that care kind of gives the residents, the, the basic dignity that, that they deserve in those situations. So I think it is a really important thing and it, it's great to see that the CDTs are involved in that and it's something that hopefully will expand in the future.
2: Yeah absolutely, I think quite a lot of work involved with within that. Obviously we identified earlier that there's not, not a great deal of uh, CDTs out there working um, but it, it's if we can encourage more people to come into the profession, uh, there's certainly a role for them
0: mm-hmm.
2: within care homes and within most practices in, in truth. As I say, I think one of the biggest uh, problems facing clinical dental technology is our numbers at the moment and lack of training. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been closed use of uh, dental schools uh, with their dental technicians programs Manchester, Edinburgh or London um, have closed their dental technician programmes. So we don't have the number of technicians coming through that we did have. Obviously, things have changed uh, within the profession, digital dentistry has come along and made a big difference. Um, The the new composites that you make, chairside make a massive amount of difference to what would have been a crown years ago. So things things have changed. Uh doesn't mean the need's gone away. Mm-hmm. It has changed, but um, you know, we still need dental technicians. And I think the pandemic has has made a big impact on very many dental technicians who would possibly have gone on to train as CDTs. They've had very little by the way of NHS. Um Work over the past twelve months, mm-hmm. ones that have come through probably a little bit fitter, but uh, it, there has been a, a, a quite a quite an exodus from the profession of dental technicians who possibly would have gone on to train CDTs. So again, I see that as a bit of a, a drawback on our profession.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm confident that if we can get a couple of interested dental um, schools. Who want to make a difference, educate some DCPs towards being CDTs. I think that the, you know, the direction could be changed quite quickly.
1: I think, especially with what you were saying earlier, with regards to um, the UCLAN course offering it to those without a dental technician qualification that will probably open it up like more accessible to people as well straight from school maybe for instance
2: yeah i agree i think i think it's the wise move and uh, the the a-level students are certainly uh, probably um well, i'm talking personally probably more savvy uh, science mm-hmm. science based than than you know my, i was as a technician um and they're used to that learning environment uh, so I think it's the obvious, uh, the obvious way forward,
1: mm-hmm. and uh,
2: you know I, I I think it will be a good thing for uh, dentistry.
1: So we've sort of throughout the episode we've sort of discussed um, lots of different qualities like communication, empathy, things like that. Is there anything else that you can think of that you know a clinical dental technician would need to sort of succeed in their role?
2: I think it's probably all the things that makes a dentist an effective addition. It's the manual dexterity, your communication skills. They're both, they're both up there. I think is most important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think the advantage that we have as technicians that you've been doing, making these things for years and years, and you can see a problem that will crop up you've probably seen it a few times before. Um, and you, you certainly see that technically, um, uh, and obviously when it presents clinically you can see, well, yes, I've seen that before. So I, I think probably your manual dexterity, uh, your communication and quite loads of patience sometimes. <laughs> and, uh, yeah.
0: and how do you, do you think that these qualities differ from when you were a dental technician yourself? are sort of ones that you you needed to adapt or gain to to be successful as a clinical dental technician
2: i think there's um certain things in the lab you would be probably grinding a denture and, and blow the dust off it that wouldn't be the, the, the right thing in the clinic so there, there was a whole new thing for me to learn it was how to behave around a patient that was a big learning curve for me personally um And yeah, it was a steep learning curve at first, but uh, I think that was the big difference between the the clinic and the the, the lab setting. I did work uh, teaching uh, clinical technology for uh, four four or five years. I think that was the biggest thing that I struggled to to get across to the students, the dental technicians who've been used to working in a lab. And all of a sudden, they're in a professional clinical setting and and up in those their own personal presentation uh, for example and professionalism I think that for me was the big thing just how to handle the patients and you know adjusting the chair for them all the things that you've learned over the years I think that was the thing that uh, was almost taken for granted that you knew as a student CDT or you must know how to seat your patient, how to greet your patient, what's talk about and, um, and yeah that, that was a new skill set that needed to be learned.
0: So it's maybe kind of safe to say that that was quite challenging in that transition from a dental technician to a clinical dental technician and in terms of challenges what what would you say is kind of the hardest element of being a CDT?
2: Difficult to say, really. I, I, um, I, I suppose um, clinically and technically, I probably have adapted as well. Don't find anything particularly challenging now. I, I, I think probably my age puts my digital knowledge um, questionable. Really, I don't know a great deal about the new digital advances. Um, they look. They look amazing and I've got a whole um, yeah, mountain to climb, really, to understand you know, where it has its place. Uh, for me, it's, it's just a lot easier to make it traditionally, as I have been for the past you know, 50 mm-hmm. years. So I, uh, I suppose that's, that's a challenge when and I, I really do need to set to and have a look at the, the, the new advances in digital dentistry. But I I would imagine the younger CDT would find that much easier. So that's probably a challenge for the older guys. Um, I'm guessing, really.
1: But it's it's funny because they'll be think they'll probably struggle with the you know the traditional way of doing things as well.
2: <laughs> that's true. That's true. We were uh, it we were talking and in, um, in terms of uh, when I was at. Uh, college as an as apprentice dental technician we had to make a, a cast lead tin alloy tray uh, which nowadays is a case of well we'll scan the model and print it whereas we would make a wax pattern invest it burn it out and pour lead tin alloy in and then mm-hmm. file it down and polish it which uh, I, I guess you probably learned a little bit about some manual dexterity, casting, polishing, but really where it has a place in dentistry, I don't know, And when you can sit at a computer screen and, mm-hmm. and print something off quite quickly. But, so, yeah, there has been some big changes, and I, I guess that's, that's one um, element that would, would be a bit of a challenge for me. I, uh, for me, I suppose it, it's not broken, so it doesn't need fixing at this stage. Yeah, so.
1: yeah. It just shows like the advances in dentistry, but it also shows that not everybody has to be, you know, not everyone has to do them as well. Almost.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I, the technology there for for us to to make the best of, and um, mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. if it, if it if it offers an improvement, you you certainly should be. Uh, You should be be embracing it.
1: Yeah, that's Um, true.
2: As yet, Mm -hmm. I probably uh, haven't found a a way where I should be doing this because this is a better option. Um, So I suppose it's easier to stick with the traditional methods that we've used over the years.
1: (laughs) So I think that sort of brings us to if you have... Any advice for those that are thinking of entering the profession at all?
2: I would say this is my uh, the, the most rewarding part of my career so far. So I would encourage anybody who's thinking of either becoming a dental technician or a, a clinical dental technician to have a look at it. You definitely will change people's lives. Um, it's a well-respected profession. And I think as an individual, uh, you make a big difference to the Temple team and uh, being part of that team makes it that much more rewarding, I would say. So yeah, I would encourage anybody to go and have a look. Certainly have a look at the course at UCLan and hopefully there'll be more courses like that roll out across the country. Give everybody the opportunity that I've had.
1: Amazing. Yeah, it sounds like you've had such a good experience in your career um, and it's really nice that you're wanting others to have that same experience as well. Yeah,
2: that's, this is the thing, the project that we're working on at the moment with the, the NHS, if we can find a career structure for CDTs within that, I think it will lend itself ideally uh, for the training ones that come out of dental school. Um just as, as dentists have foundation training, I think it's ideal for CDTs. just somebody to hold a hand for a couple of years and they they, they they learn their profession.
1: Absolutely.
0: So I think it's safe to say that we've learned a huge deal about the role of the clinical dental technician and the different capacities in which they can work within the dental team. And it's been great having you in today, Mickey, to talk about that. So thanks for joining us.
2: Well, thank you ever so much. It's been a pleasure. I hope uh, hope it's inspired some people to give uh, clinical dental technology a thought. Thanks again.
1: Thank you.
0: Thank you. We are really enjoying making these episodes, and we hope you have found them interesting and learned a little more about dentistry.
1: And you can follow us on Instagram at dental to keep up to date with us. Until our next
0: episode. Bye. Bye.